Oh, the winds they do blow and the seas they do roar. When you're stuck on a lighthouse ten miles from the shore. But you've heard of the jolly rock of that, I am sure. Go there and your loved ones will see you no more. Oh, don't go to the jolly rock, whatever you do. I wouldn't go near it if I was you. Welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Richard. I'm Rob. And I'm Tom. And this is looking at lighthouse keeping loonies, also known as the lighthouse men, also known as a little lighthouse keeping, or also just as lighthouse loonies. First broadcast on the 31st of March, 1975, again a Monday, this time at five past nine in the evening. This is a particular favourite of mine, and I must admit I really enjoyed this again watching it for the episode. Uh, what did the rest of you think, Tom? I like it. I've probably changed my opinion over that. I thought back in the day it was a bit boring and not a lot happening on it, being just pretty much a three-hander. But no, I've certainly changed my opinion over that over the last couple of times I've watched it. I enjoyed it for the most part. I actually really quite liked the three-handers, the sort of bottle mm. episodes or, or the elevator episodes or whatever you want to call them, where there's just the three goodies playing off against each other. Yes. They're actually some of my favourites. I think there is a better version of that in this season to come. Mm. But I actually quite enjoyed this for the most part. Rob? I was sadly unimpressed. I thought it was fairly light, fairly light on for laughs. Not as good as I remember it when I was a boy. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit shapeless and, and formless and just wasn't funny enough even though as Richard was saying the setup should have lent itself to a lot of laughter for me but unfortunately no okay well mostly positive there we'll, we'll explore that and see if we can convert you on our way to the end it opens with what I will say straight away is my favourite gag of the whole thing which is the three of them having flown into the lighthouse on the um, flying fox yeah. sort of thing there and uh, Graham says, it's all my fault. I thought the ad said we just needed a bit of lighthouse keeping. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a brilliant premise to the episode. And then that leads into, you know, Bill making the point that they're stuck there for five years. 25 <laughs> miles offshore. Yes. It is, I think, a really good premise. I echo what you said, Richard. The three-hand episodes where it's just them in an isolated situation really are quite strong ones. Tim immediately takes charge, declares himself number one, and the others are number twos. <laughs> <laughs> Which they don't really go anywhere with. I actually thought they would make a joke off the back of that, but they really didn't. No, because Graham just sort of goes off to... Light the lamp. Light the lamp. Which he does with a walk in the Black Forest, playing in the background, or a slightly different mix of it, I think. That, to me, I think that's another really funny sequence. Again, it's just Graham having fun, but yet all the different variations, him reading the book... Than him doing the shadow puppets. And I just think it's, it starts off the episode in a really kind of you know strong and fun way. Mm. While he's doing that, Bill is already starting to show signs of coming apart. Yes. <laughs> with problems with all things round. Yes. <laughs> what shape is it? Squarish. <laughs> the table round. The plate round. The hamburgers round. Let's have a game of round. chess. Round. round. <laughs> <laughs> and look at this. Oh, it's round. <laughs> That peaks just at the right point as well, where 
Tim offers him the pie, <laughs> which then leads to them being chased, and that wonderful moment where Bill just stops, turns around, and waits for Tim to run into him and get covered in the cream pie. And again, the audience get a real charge out of that. They really, really. <laughs> it's interesting. The bit with Bill losing his rag, it's something that you normally associate with Tim falling to pieces in yes. under stress. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good to see it sort of changed up a little. And, and I think making it Bill the one who starts to break down, there's a little bit more intensity to his performances, I think, than Tim's. Yes. Which is not to knock Tim as an actor, but just that Bill is a sort of a more of an intense person, I think. Mm. And, and so that adds a little bit of extra imperativeness yeah. to that, that performance, which really is, is good. Graham comes back down again, having been attacked by moths. <laughs> <laughs> and leads into probably the most memorable part of the episode, which is the song. Yes. Yes. The Ballad of the Jolly Rock Lighthouse. Did anyone pick the tune for the song? Don't go to the Jolly Rock, whatever you do. I wouldn't go near it if I was you. But there's nothing so lonesome, morbid or drear, than to stand in the bar of a pub with no beer. And before we all start screaming plagiarism or anything like that, because Pub With No Beer was released in England as a novelty song. I might actually overdub that for cover my crap singing, but yes. the tune to a Pub With No Beer is actually very similar to an American tune called Beautiful Dreamer, which is about from the 1890s, I think. So it isn't copyright to Slim Dusty, so don't... Uh... <laughs> as we know, anything printed before 1924 or 23 is out in the public domain. Yes, that's right. So yes, as I said, Donald Trump on Slim Dusty. He didn't write Pub With No Beer anyway. It was actually written by somebody else. He had the hit with it, but... Fair enough, but look, that, that song I think is an iconic one. It's a very catchy tune. It's one I think most people remember. And, you know, it's just got all those wonderful lines, you know, because the Jolly Rock is played with the souls of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> You'll all end up with mumps. Yes. <laughs> oh, the deed that's his first. Censored because it's too horrible even to talk about. <laughs> yeah, they do several really good gags in there, and it does end up, as you said, Tom, with the reference to mumps. Yes. Which, so, so let's have this conversation. I've never encountered mums in my life. I think it was very effectively backstanded against them by the time I was a kid, although there were instances times. Yeah, but you're young. Well, not that young. Younger um, than me. So, so I must admit, growing up with watching this as a kid, I didn't really get what mumps was. And I can remember being very young and thinking, because he still has the bits of cream on his face, I thought they were the actual mumps, like they were like, you know, pustules or something. I didn't realise that it... And then, you know, why was he wearing a, a bandage over his head and everything? That, that whole imagery and stuff was completely foreign to me. But in the 70s, I take it, it was more so. I hand well, over to you guys. Well, what, what mumps is is bloody painful. Is what it is. <laughs> I haven't had it, but growing up in the 70s, I, I do remember it going around the school. And there, there, you know, being a note coming home saying that numerous children have been diagnosed. Are, are, yes, are off school because of the mumps. So you maybe need to be careful. Well, I, I had it. I think very late in the seventies, probably seventy nine, and um, might have had it on one side. I'm not quite sure, but it, it hurt. It, it mm. does hurt. It's a swelling in your. So, so you face. only had one mum. Yeah, <laughs> from memory, from memory, but uh, yeah, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And I had the mumps. Uh, my, I would have been probably early seventies. So what exactly is it? Just an inflammation of the glands there? I or? think it is, yeah. yeah. yeah there's the two glands under your... Oh, there's inflammation of your glands under your jaw and it basically forms from jaw. I wasn't required to wear like a tied up hanky so, around so, my face. So, so, so you look like the godfather. <laughs> yeah, basically, chipmunk cheeks. Mm, yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah, so look, it's an interesting joke that as an adult I got, but as a kid that went completely over my head, I have to say. You know, that's okay because they banished him up to the lamp room. 
and he's sort of calling out, you know, can you hear me? I'm better. I'm nearly better. I think I've only got one month or just a month. Yeah. Tim's being awfully quiet, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then, of course, that leads to the joke later where he comes down the stairs with the door screen. Can you hear me? And uh, watching that, he launches himself and smashes into Graham, doesn't he, yes. on the stairs. I, I don't know that Graham was quite prepared for that. <laughs> but before that, we have the shipping forecast where they realise they're going to be in the middle of a gale. Yes. Yes. And a special good night to Stoker Cheeky Hoyle. That's a love petal. <laughs> the cross-channel fairy. <laughs> and that leads to a whole lot of very good sequences there. You get the stuff with the, the rocket. Yes. The stuff with the foghorn, where Graham eats the foghorn, <laughs> which, which is quite funny. And you also get a few references there. You get the QE2 mentioned. Yes, and the Britannia. And the Britannia, complete with the uh, the royal wave from the Queen and then the two fingers up from the Duke <laughs> <laughs> So true to life then. Yes, it's good to know that those jokes about uh, Prince Philip are still being made 40 years ago. Uh, But I I really like all that. At this point, I think this is really where they're just getting all the lighthouse gags through. So they they do make the gag about the light, they make a gag about rockets, they make a gag about foghorns and ships and all that. So this is where they sort of mined that bit of the scenario for the material. And I think it works quite well. After mining the lighthouse gags, and of course they've discovered they haven't got any oil, to keep the light going and Graham's eating the foghorn. Because Bill's the one who got rid of the oil, they make him walk around the lamp room with a candle on his head to provide a light uh, while they go downstairs and do the shenanigans with the foghorn and the rocket. And then, of course, they discover, well, because they're in the North Sea, there must be oil underneath them. So they make Bill dig. Yes. And he discovers coal. Yes. They discover they have nothing to light the coal. So Bill digs further and then, of course, discovers oil. And you can actually, there's a fairly obvious stagehand holding the hose and spraying, <laughs> spraying the black stuff up at them. Bill Lentz decides he's going to stand up for the workers' rights. <laughs> oh, yes. All I need to do is blow my whistle and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I can bring everything to a stop, as happened several times in Britain at that period. Yes. Yes. What have you found? Nothing. <laughs> that sequence is so 70s it almost hurts. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All, all, all the stuff about being out of oil, out of power. Yes. They send Tim upstairs to get cleaned up and to calm down. He goes and has a nice relaxing bath. Yes, and so that Bill can see what's going on down there in his uh, oil mine, Graham chucks him a lighter, hmm. which he uses to light the oil accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which then puts the lighthouse into orbit. Yes, complete with a 2001... Space Odyssey music. Also, Sprachazarathustra. Yes. yes. Or 2001. Yes, indeed. As, as, as other people say. This is, again, look, often in these goodies episodes, there is a a moment where, I don't know whether it's just the ideas around their transition or it's where they've handed over their half of the script to the next goodie to write differently, but there are a lot of these episodes now where you can actually feel that transition of episode. And the moment when the lighthouse takes off mm. is very much that moment where They've clearly got everything they think they can get out of being on a lighthouse. What can we do? I know, let's turn the lighthouse into a spaceship Mm. and just mine that for gags. And I think the episode is not not safe because it was going well in my opinion, but I think if the episode had stayed on the lighthouse for a full 30 minutes and not gone into orbit, that would have been a problem. I think so. We then cut to, we get another appearance from Corbett Woodall as the newsreader as the lighthouse starts to take off. Yes. Straight after a slight cut. Yes, well, indeed, yes. There is a picture of a nude lady there that, that was cut here, <laughs> as, as taken by a Swedish amateur photographer. <laughs> yeah, there's some very funny stuff about all the references to the They've Already Landed Society. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> and indeed, of course, we also get an appearance from Patrick Moore. Yes. Doing a very funny little bit and quite a clever takeoff of, you know, obviously he would have you know, gone these nightly segments and go, you know, such and such a comet or such and such a planet's in the sky and to find it, find the north, then go left, right or whatever. And yes. he's doing this up a bit, a bit down a bit, bit across, across a bit, bit left, left a bit, bit, right a bit. <laughs> Isn't it sad that we could do that all from a yeah. <laughs> And it cuts back to Tim in the bath. Now, the, the interesting thing here, that's a bit weird because it seems to alternate between him being terrified of the fact that the bath is moving back and forth and actually enjoying the situation. Yes. Because the first time he's terrified, the second time he's rowing himself, yes. the yes. next time he's frightened, and then he comes back with the, with the spyglass. Yes. It's very strange. It, it is, but look, I think... Just oh, it's funny. It, but... It's very funny, and I think this is an example of they just had four different gags and they'll just throw them all in there. Yeah. And, you know, who, who cares about the narrative? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, look, you know, all, all very good. At that point, I think the moment where Graham and Bill realise that Tim doesn't know is <laughs> <laughs> quite funny. Yeah, they say, well, let's not bother him. <laughs> <laughs> they then try to tip the lighthouse over so they can yes. go home. Yes, uh, Tim has his little rant. The sea's gone, the sea's gone. No, it's not so much the sea has gone as... <laughs> the lighthouse no, is no longer there. Whereas we used to be like this, we are now... Like, like this, this. <laughs> and yet that that sequence when they then go to try and tip the light over, somebody spent a bit of money on that that set because it's actually mm. you know the whole lighthouse top is actually clearly on. Um, yes, it's it's obviously there's a rotating. Well, there's the scene on the tilting set yes. where Tim's in the bath. Yes, and then there is obviously the the rotating set. Uh, I think where they come in and they walk down the, the side of the lamp room. Yes, so that I think is one set but with the CGI or a blue screen. Certainly when they're running when they're and they're running, making it spin, that that's very obviously a CSO effect. Mm. Yes, but as you say, there is the sideways lamp room. Yes. Which is actually a physical set. Yes, mm. that they walk down into and it does appear to move. Yes, so there's some, you know, a bit of money's been spent on some of these sets and yeah. you know, being on rockers and all on sides and everything. I think it's all quite quite effective. Hmm. It ends with the uh, with the lighthouse running out of fuel <laughs> and they're coming back to land on top of Nelson's column. A small Nelson's column. Yes. <laughs> Isn't Nelson's column taller than most lighthouses of that vintage, I think? I think. Yeah. And I, I must also give mention as well at this point to when the news report is uh, looking for the two suspects in the theft of the Jolly Rock and they're the, oh, the, yeah. the, the photo fit pictures of the Queen and Prince Paul. <laughs> yes. That's quite amusing. <laughs> and it's something the audience gets quite a, quite a laugh out of. Yeah. I think any royal joke is guaranteed to get a good laugh out of the audience at yeah. this point. So yeah, look, they land on Nelson's column. They have their obligatory, weird, strange, forced, if you like, gag at the end, which is the, the ship going through London. Mm. Very Python-esque. It is, it, actually. It is I actually, had that yeah. note yeah. as well. Straight up. Very, it's very obviously a paper animation. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, Terry Gilliam's on Yes, there. actually. <laughs> funny, I had a note that I had exactly the same note. Yeah. Fair enough. So look, I, I laughed all the way through this. It, it almost certainly would be in my top ten. I get a lot out of this episode. What other thoughts do you guys have? Look, the Foghorn segment harkens back, oh, I suppose it's almost getting into a trope that it's Warner Brothers Tom and Jerry mm. thing that always happened in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot in the episode that's really enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. As I said, it probably wouldn't be in my top ten, but I, I thought it was quite a lot of fun to watch. Mm. Where, where is it that it falls down for you, Rob? Uh, I just think it's... The last couple of episodes have been more uh, narratively coherent with the sort of the jokes building on each other. I just thought that this was a collection of just a grab bag of jokes all just thrown together using the lighthouse trope. But it just, it, for me, it didn't work. I mean, I'm glad that everyone else really enjoyed it. I, I just, 
it was shapeless and formless and I didn't think it worked I, I mean, it's interesting you say that we've, we've made the comment a few times now that if you don't buy into the premise of the episode sometimes the whole thing can sort of fall flat it was that way with me last week for Kung Fu Capers it's clearly worked that yeah. way for you this time and that's fair enough but you still found a lot of it funny oh yeah there's moments of hilarity yeah but not enough for me okay the only other note I had here about it was Tim quite status quo down down Mm, deeper and down <laughs> when he's trying to calm himself down but fair enough we'll move into our regular segments for tropes I only had a couple here Patrick Moore is now becoming a trope or has become yes. a trope at this point Corbett yes. Woodall makes another appearance yep we've got members of the royal family making another appearance oh, yes yes, yes. yes. Uh, there's the group sing-along which occasionally comes up <laughs> yes walk in the black forest as I, we I, mentioned I'd say the foghorn bit relying on the cartoon bit yeah, so they're starting to do more obvious references to those cartoon live-action cartoons. Plus, of course, it, it is one of those elevator or the bottle episode, or whatever you want to call it, or the trap with nowhere to go episodes, which will become more of a staple of the series, I think, perhaps as we go on. And uh, I think uh, Bill is a representative of the working-class man uh, with his little speech about going on strike. <laughs> something that I, I think they've done before, or something. Similar. And indeed, will do in future. That's very true. What couldn't they get away with today? I had two examples here, both linked. Which is the line that's one in the eye for the greasy Arabs. Yes. Yes. I think you can get away with. The shot of various religions praying, I think you could get away with, but the overdubbing of the Muslims praying was something you yes, wouldn't Yes, that, that would be challenged. I, I yes. had that too. You also had uh, Big Fat Pansy. Um, oh, yes. And the cross-channel theory, I think. I think you could do the sequence of the radio announcer making a joke about, you know, fancying someone on the okay. lighthouse out there. But you probably wouldn't do it quite that way. You wouldn't say cross-channel fairy. You'd make mm. something else. You know, there'll be another way to do the, yes. the same joke. It would be... It's not the joke itself, it's just the way it's done, I think, was yeah, would, would, would change. Any others? Then we'll move on to our favourite gags. Well, I've already said what mine is. I'm, I'm going for the very first gag, which is a little lighthouse keeping. Just makes me laugh, but Richard, what have you got? I'm going to go for Bill's phobia about everything being round. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, th- that's exactly the one I was going for as well. There's a, a brief moment where Graham does a, uh, a mime, a walking against the wind mime. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I found that probably one of the couple of uh, funniest moments in the episode. Yeah, yeah that, that was good. Fair enough. So, look, a mostly positive review. Certainly most of us enjoyed it. Yeah. I hope that you guys did too. Oh, I was going to say, one, one note I did have here, actually, we, we didn't cover, was the bit where they talk about the strange things happen when a man's cut off. Just ask Michael Parkinson. <laughs> actually, as a reference to his... He, he had a vasectomy around this time that he quite openly discussed in an issue of Cosmopolitan. Apparently, that, that's a reference to that. Oh, I didn't know what that was, so thanks for picking that up. All right, well, most of us enjoyed that episode. We've all had a few laughs. We hope you did too. Next week, we will be back with Rome Antics. But on your way to Rome, perhaps you'll take a walk through the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Song of the Jolly Rock Light. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hey, that's us. Fancy having a song about our lighthouse. Yeah, come on, give it a whirl. It should be fun, eh? All right, all right. Oh, the winds they do blow and the seas they do roar. When you're stuck on a lighthouse ten miles from the shore. But you've heard of the jolly rock of that, I am sure. Go there and your loved ones will see you no more. Oh, don't go to the jolly rock, whatever you do. I wouldn't go near it if I was you. So away from the jolly rock, I advise you to race. It's utterly appalling and not at all nice. Nasty <laughs> things happen there, it's such a disgrace. Cos people get killed there all over the place. <laughs> oh, don't go to the jolly rock, whatever you do. I wouldn't go near it if I was you. Oh, the next verse is censored, cos it's too horrible even to talk about. <laughs> I don't your feel well. blood will run cold and your heart fill with dread. For the Jolly Rock is plagued with the souls of the dead. If you stay there one night, you'll go clean off your head. And, and in no, no time at all, you will probably catch mumps. Uh, mumps? 